the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. This is the Sue Freeze Show, the pursuit of passion, purpose, and connection. Now, here's Sue Freeze. Thank you so much for joining the Sue Freeze Show, and it's so good to be with you today. You know, it's pretty hot out there right now, and uh, I went to church this Sunday, and it felt so good because I don't go every Sunday, and yes, I'm admitting that. Uh, and every time I go, I'm saying I need to be here every Sunday. And not only Sunday for those Sunday goers. You know, we need to be in the presence of the Lord all the time. And that was the message for this last Sunday was uh, striving to be present and having the Holy Spirit be present in all we do. And if we, we strive for that, our lives are going to be a lot better. Will they be perfect? Will they be without circumstances, negative, positive? No. We still have to face life, and our choices matter, and they affect everything. And so we just have to be more aware of that and just strive to be in his presence You know, just seek His presence in all we do, and our lives will be better. That is a guarantee. That's a promise. So today's show, you know, I I have to tell you that last week, my show was on how to mend a broken heart or how to deal with a broken heart. And I have had more responses on that show than I've ever had uh, in the eight and a half years of being on the air. And what does that tell me? What does that tell you? There are a lot of broken hearts out there. So for those that aren't facing and right in the middle of a broken heart, let's just be aware that the people that we come in contact with, that they might be in the middle of facing or experiencing that broken heart. And if there's anything we can do to, I don't know, soften it, to show love when they're feeling maybe unloved, or just feeling rejection, abandonment, just an unworthiness, or just beat up, spit out, on the ground. We all, at one time or another, have experienced a broken heart, and we all need someone to give us a hand up, a hug, a smile. It's the simplest of things that can make the difference in those that we come in contact with. There are times when I'm so tied up, even you know, driving to work early in the morning, I've already had two hours of internet backs and forths and emails and all types of things, and I, you know, it affects us, positive and negative, but it affects us. And all that stimulation does something. And so when I get to work, I have to really, really take a deep breath, and I really, really have to say, okay, yes, there's battles going on. But I'm victorious in Jesus' name. And so are you. But we have to remind ourselves of that. And do you realize that the more good you do in this world, the more battles you might face? I know that the more struggles that come my way, the more battles that come my way, I must be doing something right. Because the devil's not liking it. 
And the devil is real. He, he totally is real. So with that being said, this show is about waiting on the Lord. And it's a tough one. It's a tough one for me. Because I had to ask myself, in order for me to be real right now with you, I have to ask myself to get in touch with my emotions and how it feels and how it felt. And what was the biggest, oh, issue or, or time when I was waiting on the Lord? Now, it's been brought to my attention by those that I love and that love me that they say that, Sue, you are a now person. And that's so funny because I, I was mentioning to my friend that now, you know, spelled backwards is one, right? And I am a get it done person. Anybody that knows me is laughing because they know that I'm a now person. I'm, I get impatient. I'm not a good waiter. I, I, I don't wait well. I don't know if you can relate to that. The show's not about me, but I relate to me and people say, what we like about your show, Sue, is that you're so real and that we can relate. Not to everything. You know, it's like whenever I do anything, I am looking for one golden nugget. And if I can spend time and get one golden nugget that's going to change direction, change the method in which I'm doing something or how I think, which is a big one, or my belief system. I'm pretty strong in that department now. But there were times when, you know, I would waver a little bit about this or that. But now I'm pretty strong and bold about where I am. And I feel good about where I am. And it's really a good feeling if you're not there and you're not sure and you're wavering. It's really good to ask the Lord to reveal to you the truth, to set you free from whatever's holding you down or holding you back from everything he's created for you to do for him and just for you. I think it's so important that we think about the big picture, the big picture. People say, oh, Sue, sometimes at work, you know, sometimes I don't know why you do what you do or the decisions you make or why you let this happen or, or you allow that. And I look at that person, I'm thinking from that perspective, from that person's perspective, I can see why they see things that way. And sometimes, bigger picture, I'm, I'm looking at me and I'm like going, okay, I have, I have a bigger picture here. And my picture from God's perspective is very, very tiny. It's very tiny. My view, my worldview, my, my scope is small compared to God's scope. And so sometimes we question And people question me, and sometimes I question, but I have to have a belief system that's saying God has me, and he's got you, and that he has the plan, the better plan. So we do need to wait sometimes, even though that word just hurts to even say, I don't want to wait. I can remember counseling once, uh, marriage counseling, where uh, the counselor says, Sue, I want you just to close your eyes right now and picture yourself in in a chair and just sit there. And so I I physically had to just sit there. Well, I was sitting there anyway because we were having a conversation. But, you know, I had to calm my foot from tapping on the floor. I had to, you know, just breathe quietly and calmly instead of being anxious, which is a nature that I be anxious for nothing, Philippians. Uh, You know, I have to tell myself that quite often. Some of you can relate to this and some of you can't. And that's okay 
But for those that can relate, just understand that it is important for us to wait and to be patient. It's a character builder. Not fun one for me sometimes. Good comes to those that wait. You know, where is that? Uh, Anyway. So he, he told me just to sit there. And he looked at me and he just kind of smiled. He goes, this is really, really, really hard for you, isn't it? I said, it's the worst. It's like the worst to just sit and do nothing. Be still and know that I am God. The Holy Spirit just said, be still and know that I am God. So I'm going to tell you a little story before I get into the subject matter, because I want you to understand my point of view of my reference is my marriage. Married 32 years. I'm just being real. Married 32 years. Have two beautiful children. My daughter's going to be turning uh, and just having a birthday in the next couple of weeks. And uh, the marriage was tough. Tough marriage. Um, I kept praying to God. God, please show me what to do. Show me what to do, Lord. I'll do it. Just show me what to do. And sometimes I felt like I just couldn't hear him because I felt like he was trying to talk to me, but I just didn't have the right ears or something. But I kept waiting on the Lord, waiting on the Lord. But in, his, in, in the wait, he would say, be prepared. Be prepared for what, Lord? And years and years went by, and I, I would tell myself, okay, I'm going to give it until this time. I'm going to give it till this time. I'm going to work and do everything I can to work on Sue Freeze. I want to get right with God. I want to do what God says. I want to learn who he is, and I want to learn who I am in him. And I did. I made it my goal to get in the word, to read his word, to get his thoughts to be my thoughts, to understand you know, the Holy Spirit and faith, hope, love, to understand all those things and to memorize scriptures. Because I realized that whether I stayed in this marriage, which I made a goal and a, I made a promise that I was not going to divorce because I came from a divorced family. I made it a promise that I wasn't going to do that to my kids because I remember the pain. I still hurt from that. Even though I feel like I'm healed and I'm set free, I still hurt from a decision that I had no voice on. And I told myself I was never going to do that to my children. I waited in junior high. Okay, um, we got married in 1980. In 92, I went to an attorney after trying and trying and trying and talking, 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 and doing all I could and praying and waiting on the Lord and, and just doing everything I thought, humanly possible, godly possible. I had to wake him up. So I thought, I can't do this anymore. can't do it anymore. So I went to an attorney. He was at the fire station. I called him and I said, I'm at the attorney's. I'm filing an illegal separation. And he said, hold on. And he, he got off the fire station and he ran to where the attorney was. And he said, please don't do this. And I said, okay, why not? I've been talking and talking and talking and you don't listen. And for a while there, the Holy Spirit got a hold of my husband. And everything I had prayed for, became true. It's like, don't pinch me. I don't want to wake up from this dream. He's everything that I have been praying for. We went to counseling. We went to sexual therapy. We went to, we did all of these things. And I'm just being really real and vulnerable and transparent right now. This is not an easy thing for me to do, but I feel it's necessary. 
And if you're tuning in right now, thank you so much for doing so. This is the Sue Free Show on our flagship station, KKLA 99.5. I have this radio show is syndicated. It goes all up and down California. And now with the Internet, it goes all over the world. And we have um, San Diegans at KPRZ. We have Ventura at The Word 98.3 FM. We have... KKLA, of course, LA and Orange County and the Inland Empire. And then we also have KUHL, which is up in Santa Maria, San Luis Obispo, which is a secular station, not a Christian station. And the gentleman there, Sean, he says, Sue, we need more of this up here. And so he decided to put me on the air on his station and not only one station, but two stations. So thank you so much, KUHL, for letting me be part of your station. And I really appreciate it. And, uh, I'm hoping, I'm really hoping that by my uh, opening up to you as a listener and on Facebook, uh, we're live on Facebook right now too, um, that you understand that I don't, I'm not asking people to feel sorry because there's no reason to. I am healed and I'm freed and I'm, I'm, I'm totally wonderfully happy. Do I wish things could have been different? Absolutely. I don't want anybody to think divorce is not a good thing. Not being married anymore after 32 years, 20 years, 15 years, two years for that matter, is not a good thing. I've always told my children that getting married and finding the right person, which how do you do that? Whew, that's a tough one in itself. You have to be the right person, but you also have to know what your non-negotiables are. You need to know, and that's another podcast on the SueFreeze.com site. SueFreeze, spelled like fries, one word, .com. There are many, many, many shows on there about different subjects. Go on there, would you? I'm just challenging you. Go on there. Check it out. There's a lot of podcasts on there that can help you along the way because the Lord's been so good to me and healed me and freed me from so many things, healthy boundaries, codependency no more. The five love language. There's so much on there, and there's videos on there. There's so much that you can gain by going to Sue Free, spelled like fries, one word, dot com. Please go there. I really, really, really recommend it highly. Anyway, where was I? So, uh, junior high, 92, 93, I put myself into an institution uh, called 800 Help for Me because I felt my marriage was at its end. Now, this was after the Lord coming in and, and, uh, healing and, and doing all of those things, um, I went into this place, and I thought I'd be in there three days, but I ended up being in there 21 days, and um, I needed that. People say, are you embarrassed to tell anybody that? And I said, absolutely not, because I felt like the Lord had his hand on Sufri's. He had his hand on me, and he wanted me to get healed because he had a better plan for me. I wouldn't be right here talking to you if the Lord hadn't put his hand on me and made it possible for me to be in this place to get the healing I needed, to get the one-on-one and the God to to me, Holy Spirit, uh, wash me white and clean as snow from the choices and things that had happened to me in my childhood. Abortion, sexual abuse, rape, molestation, molestation. There's so many things that have happened, and you know what? Does God want these things to happen to us? No. It's human choices. And sometimes we take on more than we should as far as, you know, saying that it's your responsibility. I even thought my parents got divorced because of me. Boy, was that a lie. But I thought so for a while, for a long while. And I thought if I could just be better, if I could be just better, and I was the, I was a really good kid. But if I could just be more, if I could just do more, 
I felt like that in my marriage, too. I kept saying, it's showtime, folks. Go to church, put a smile on my face, try to take care of my kids. You know, just be tough. Tough it out. Tough it out. And I said, okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get through you know, uh, elementary school with the kids, and then I'm going to get through junior high, and I'm going to wait. I'm going to wait until they can handle it. There's no good time to do this, to make the decision. And during this time, I kept thinking, I'm going to work on me. Because I realized that I was going to take me with me no matter where I went. And this is really a good golden nugget for those that are thinking about this, is that I I thought long and hard about it. And I thought, man, if I could change something in me that could change our relationship, our our, our, our inner um, communications or whatever, just the dynamics between us, if I could change me enough, does that mean lose me? No. I don't believe God wants us to lose ourselves for another person because he gave us our uniqueness. But if we can change and be more like Christ, and in that, change the dynamics in a relationship, wouldn't it be better to have that marriage healed than to go elsewhere and find it somewhere else and still have the same issues you have or different issues, maybe bigger issues? Who knows? At least you know what you have with this one. Plus, if you have children, you've made your children with this person. So, of course, you want to make this work if you can. And I said that to my children, I said, It's the second biggest decision you make is who you choose to marry because it's a one-time decision. And then people say, well, what's your first? What's the first biggest decision? Your relationship with your heavenly father is number one. He wants to be first. He wants to be first. And then he says, you know, love thy God with all thy, thy soul, heart, mind, body, everything. And then love thy neighbor as thyself. Well, who's your neighbor? Everybody. So there you go. Okay, so I haven't even got into today's message, but for some reason, the Holy Spirit just wanted me to really just, you know, be vulnerable and transparent right now, so I did. Am I married now? No, I'm not. After 32s of marriage, I'm not married. But let me tell you something. The reason I that this came up as a topic for today is this waiting on the Lord was probably the biggest waiting on the Lord that I ever did. And and here's the thing is, did it turn out the way I wanted? Not really. I would love right now, and I'm just going to say it, I would love to still be married to my husband, father of my children. I would love that. If I felt it was the right thing for me in my godly relationship, and if I felt I could still be who I am in Christ in that relationship, then that would be what I would want. And I desired my whole entire marriage is I desired that, and I worked towards that with all my heart. I really wanted that. Am I a better person? Yes, I am a better person. I am. Am I still learning? Is this life a journey? Is it over yet? No. Am I still learning? Absolutely. Every minute of every day, I'm still learning. And that makes it good for me. I like that. So 32 years of marriage, now I'm not married. My two children are, (laughs) my daughter's going to be 33. My son is 36. I'm looking forward to them getting married and having children. And I think that because I told them that God has a specific purpose for their life and they were created for a reason and a purpose, and I made it such a a strong message, choose wisely who you marry, really understand what you're getting into. They're not married yet, and they're past 30. So it's time now. I think that they've got their lives together pretty well. And I think it's time for them if they're listening. I'm just saying, kids, love you. So with that being said, I want to get into this because I waited on the Lord. 
Now, the turnout didn't happen the way I wanted, so I'm just going to tell you this now. No, I'm not. I'm going to get into the message, and at the end, I will I will tell you my thoughts about my waiting on the Lord on that and doing everything I could do. Because here's the thing. We can't change another person. We can do everything we can do with the Lord's help, and we can be all we can be for Christ and still not have things go maybe the way we want. It doesn't mean that we still can't be used for God's glory and for his purpose. He designed us. But when somebody else chooses to do something different than that, then we have a decision to make. You know, healthy boundaries. Healthy boundaries. Very important to know what those are, right? And what is okay and what's not. I know that's kind of heavy, and I'm sorry, but not really, because I think we need to be addressing these things. I think we do. And for those that are you know, going through troubled times right now, I'm hoping this will be of help to you. And if you know somebody that you think could be um, encouraged or inspired by the message today, then please share this. Just tell them to go to Sufri, spelled like fries, one word, com. Could you do that? I would really appreciate it. All right. So what to do while you're waiting on God. And this was written not by Sufri. This was written by Pastor Colin Smith. And I'd like to give credit where credit is due. My five-year-old granddaughter asked me how long it would be before her family moved into their new house. Since six weeks is hard for a five-year-old to grasp, I took her to a wall calendar and showed her how long until moving day. Now each day, as she marks off calendar squares one by one, she can see how long before the waiting is over. That's really good for children. That's a good way to do it, isn't it? I don't know anyone who likes to wait, do you? I didn't think so. Waiting is hard work and at times can even test our faith. It's especially difficult when there are no guarantees that our waiting will ever end in this lifetime. Desires we long for, prayers we've been praying, and news we're waiting to hear can tempt us to be impatient, discouraged, to worry, and even to wonder if God even cares. I know for me personally, I asked him that. Do you even care? Are you listening? Do you even hear me, Lord? Ten things to do while you're waiting on God. Perhaps this is why the Bible talks so much about waiting. God wants us to know that waiting is far from a passive activity in which we do nothing. In fact, Scripture teaches us that God wants us to actively participate in the work he desires to accomplish. Waiting strategically can cultivate good fruit in our lives, such as patience, perseverance, and endurance. Those are all good characters, character traits. It also draws us closer to our Savior and points those who are watching us to the gospel. People are always watching how we handle things. They just are. We don't always know it. We don't recognize it, but they're watching. To that end, here are 10 things to do while you wait. I love to have numbers and check them off, so here we go. Number one, believe that the God who saved you hears your cries, Micah 7-7. There's been times in my life where I didn't know if he really did, but there it is. He's saying Yes, I hear your cry. I hear you. So believe it. Believe that he hears your cries too. Have you ever felt like your prayers are bouncing off the ceiling? Perhaps like me, you have prayed for years about a concern, but God has seemed silent. That's where God demonstrated his love and mercy towards us when we were still his enemies. He who did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us all. How will he not also with him graciously give us all things? Romans 8.32 So we're going to go to break right now, and I don't want you to leave me now, okay? So you come back right after this brief break. 
Thanks again. Hi, this is Sue Freeze, the termite lady from Ecola Termite and Pest Control. And I'm Tyson Freeze, Sue's son, and also work at Ecola. I understand why Ecola is Southern California's number one alternative pest control company. As a child with asthma, my mother made it her number one priority to protect me from harmful chemicals and contaminants. I wrote a book about it called Learning to Breathe, about a love without bounds and a fight I refuse to lose. I'll always be thankful for my mom's love and strength during this struggle, which essentially saved my life. I'm proud knowing my mother, Andy Cola, cares for our customers like my mom cared for me. We are offering $100 off any termite work and $50 off pest control for new customers. Just call 877-332-BUGS for details. That's 877-332-BUGS. Or online at termitelady.com. Ecola, powerful termite and pest control. As gentle as a butterfly. Love you, Mom. Ecola termite and pest control. 877-332-BUGS. All right, it's David James. My friend, Sue Freeze, the termite lady from Ecola, is here. And, Sue, you were just telling me that allergies and termites have something in common? Dave, if you have a problem with termites in your home but also suffer from allergies and chemical sensitivity, we offer an array of termite control services that will be able to solve your problem without putting your health at risk. Our Ecola heat process uses extreme heat instead of chemicals to kill and remove termites and any other pests that may be infesting your home. Yes, and you were telling me about the awesome electro gun treatments. It sends electricity through the wood and you use it as part of your termite control services? They're very effective. So if you are concerned with your health and are sensitive to chemicals, know that we have an array of options for termite control. Don't sacrifice your health or the health of your home. Call E. Cola Termite and Pest Control Services now. 800-332-BUGS. 800-332-BUGS or termitelady.com. E. Cola, powerful termite and pest control. As gentle as a butterfly. You're listening to The Sue Freeze Show, the pursuit of passion, purpose, and connection. And here again is Sue Freeze. Thank you so much, Cola Termite and Pest Management Services, for sponsoring this show. And listen, if you want to sponsor this show and you're not sure, maybe you're thinking as an advertiser or a business, you know, I'd like to get the word out about my business. I'd really like to do this. I'm not sure if radio is the right medium for me. Call me, connect with me on the website, and I will talk to you and explain to you the ups, the downs, the sideways, and give you the what's up. Because I've been doing it a long time. Advertising is something I enjoy. It's it's kind of a game, but you have to know how to play. And there's rules. And so I can help you with all of that, and I would love to, because somebody helped me with that, and so I'd like to pay it forward. So contact me by going to Sue Freeze, spelled like fries, one word, dot com. I need to make a jingle for that. Anyway, and Learning to Breathe is a book that I wrote, and I wrote it when a time, and I will refer to this back here, I hope I have enough time, uh, a time when I, I couldn't really do anything else. It's a time when I was kind of stuck in my home with uh, the father of my children, and uh, I didn't have anything else I could do but to you know believe that I was getting better, and I had to say that all the time. I said I'm getting better all the time, and um, so I wrote a book. Because otherwise, I would have still been busy in my day-to-day and not had the time to cut apart to do the um, the book. It's called Learning to Breathe. And it's my journey with my son, Tyson, his asthma. And there's a whole lot of other things in there. It's a life journey of a certain timeline in my life with my son. And people say, Sue, it's so much more than a book about asthma. And yes, it is. But it's called Learning to Breathe. I don't know about you. 
But I'm a very high energy person, very alpha, very driven. And sometimes I have to even remind myself, breathe, Sue, just breathe. And those that know me know that they even see me doing it. Just breathe, Sue, breathe. And maybe you need to take a breath. Maybe you just need to breathe. And if you're really in the heat of things and you're just getting all wound up and you feel your heart racing and whatnot, just remember to take a breath. Just breathe in, breathe out. We need oxygen. We need that air. So learn to breathe and remind yourself to breathe. Okay. So getting back to what I was talking about and continue reading on this article. In other words, the cross is our guarantee that God is for us and is committed to give us everything we would ask for if we knew everything he knew. We can be content with that and wait patiently for his answers. I'm not saying it's easy. I'm not. Number two, watch with expectancy, but be prepared for unexpected answers, Psalm 5.3. While God has been faithful to answer many of my prayers, it's often been in far different ways than I would have anticipated. God knows that the only way to do what he and I both desire at times involve varying degrees of discomfort in my life and yours too. Growing in humility means pride has to be done away with. Learning to love like Jesus requires us to say no to self's constant demand for selfish ambition, wanting our own way and putting ourselves first. Growing in patience inevitably involves some form of waiting, whether in a long line at the grocery store, ugh, or a lifetime for a loved one to come to Christ. Whew. When we lay our requests before him, It is by faith that we wait and watch in anticipation of God's good work in us and others. Number three, put your hope in his word, Psalm 135 and 6. We can be tempted to put our hope in things that may disappoint us in the end. We can hope a doctor will heal us, a teacher will pass us, a spouse will love us, our employer will reward us, or a friend will help us. But it is only when we put our hope in Christ, that we can wait with confidence and know we will not be put to shame. There's only one place to go to for reassurance during hard times, and that is to the cross. It seems that God allows us to experience disappointments in life to teach us that nothing else will truly satisfy or provide us with a firm foundation to stand upon. That is so true, isn't it? Think back. Just think back. Don't you find that to be true? God's word alone is unshakable. We can wait for the Lord knowing that no matter how dark the night is, his light will break through in our lives, bringing abundant joy through a more intimate relationship with Christ. Number four, trust in the Lord, not in your own understanding. Proverbs 3, 5, 6, one of my favorite verses. Because it's not easy to do, is it? We have to be reminded all the time to trust in him. Why is it so tempting for us to depend on our own wisdom rather than the wisdom of our all-wise God? What makes us think that we know better than he does? What is best for us? Scripture speaks clearly about how to live life abundantly forever with Christ. Yet, all too easily, we justify our sin, declare distasteful commands irrelevant, and do what is right in our own eyes. Seasons of waiting reveal where we are placing our trust. Five, resist fretting, refrain from anger, be still, and choose patience. Psalm 37, 7, 8. It's easy to say we trust God, but our response to delays, frustration, and difficult situations exposes where we are actually placing our hope. Ooh, isn't that the truth? Are we convinced God is listening? Do we believe he's good? 
Do we accept that our circumstances are sovereignly ordained? Do we doubt he really cares about us? Boy, those are four really deep, tough questions. What did you answer? What was your answer? When we choose to wait quietly and trustingly, we not only honor God, but encourage others to put their hope in Him as well. Be strong and take courage, Psalm 27, 13, 14, 31 through 24. I found that one of my biggest battles in long seasons of waiting is fighting fear and all its buddies like anxiety, fretfulness, and worry. A voice in my head asks, what if this happens? What if God doesn't answer my prayers? It is the gospel that has taught me that enduring strength and courage will never be found in myself but in Christ. I'm empowered to be courageous when, and here's the solutions. Are you listening? I meditate on the sovereign rule and power of God and his abundant goodness in sending a Savior to set me free from sin. You need to meditate on it to where it becomes your belief system and it gives you strength when you feel weak. I remember that my light momentary affliction is preparing for us an eternal weight of glory beyond all compassion. 2 Corinthians 4.17 Jesus said, I will never leave you or forsake you, ever. He is Emmanuel, God with us. That is a promise that will sustain us while we wait for answers to prayer, but even more as we wait for his triumphant return. 7. See it as an opportunity to experience God's goodness, Psalm 27.13. When my focus is on my problems and what God has or has not given me, I am prone to grumbling, complaining, discontentment, bitterness, and selfishness. When I define goodness by what brings me the most comfort, happiness, and gratification in, in this life, then anything that threatens these things will tempt me to question God's love and goodness. God demonstrated his goodness when Christ absorbed the wrath of God that we deserved, making a way for us to be set free from the power of sin and our enemy, Satan, who seeks to steal, kill, and destroy our eternal joy and peace. For those who have eyes to see, seasons of waiting offer offer countless opportunities to witness God at work, in, and through us for our eternal good and his glory. Number eight, wait for God's promise instead of going your own way, Acts 1-4. Scripture offers plenty of examples of saints who got weary of waiting for God and chose to do things their way. I've given way to that temptation as well. How about you? Have you? Right now? Or in the past? Think about it. God's goodness is promised for those who wait patiently for him, no matter how long, regardless of how hopeless things appear to us, even when it seems to cost us everything. God is able to do far more abundantly than all that we ask or think according to his power at work within us. Ephesians 3.20, that was scripture. Written in red, that was scripture. So you can lean on it, you can hold on to it. When we wait for him, we will never be disappointed. Number nine, continue steadfastly in prayer, being watchful with thanksgiving, Colossians 4.2. Another temptation we face when God does not seem to be answering our prayers is to stop praying, stop expecting him to act while giving way to a spirit of cynicism rather than thanking God for who he is and all he has done for us. While God may not answer in our timing or in the way we expect, we will accomplish his good purposes in our lives when we wait for him and persevere in prayer. Remember the blessings yet to come, Isaiah thirty eighteen. Jesus Christ came to offer his, us eternal joy and freedom from sin. And although we have been sent, set free from sin's power, sin's presence 
is still at work in and around us. Thankfully, the gospel assures us as believers that God is for us and works all things together for good for those who are called according to his purpose. Romans 8:28. All works for together for good for those who are called according to his purpose. You are called. You, listener, you, I'm talking to you. God's talking to you. According to his purpose, you were created for his specific purpose. Find out what that is and live it out, no matter what. During long or even short seasons of waiting, our hearts will be encouraged to remember that the best is yet to come. One day sin will be no more. We will be free from self's demands and temptations and experience everlasting joy. Oh, how awesome. If you're tuning in right now, thank you. Thank you for tuning in. This is the Sue Freeze Show. Sue Freeze, spelt like fries, one word dot com. And I just thank you so much. I am so humbled to be part of this show. Set your mind on things that are above, not on things that are on earth. For you have died and your life is hidden with Christ in God. When Christ, who is your life, appears, then you also will appear with him in glory. Colossians 3, 2, 4. You will not be ashamed. The Lord has strewn the pages of God's word with promises of blessedness to those who wait for him. And remember, his slightest word stands fast and sure. It can never fail you. So, my soul, see that you have a promise underneath thee, for then your waiting will be resting and a firm foothold, for your hope will give you confidence in him who has said, they shall not be ashamed that wait for me. Be still before the Lord and wait patiently for him. Those who wait for the Lord shall inherit the land, but for you, O Lord, do I wait. It is you, O Lord, my God, who will answer. Christ is the answer. He's your rest and the treasure you seek. Wait for the Lord. And that's the end of this article, and I hope it helps. And I have to tell you that loving the Lord and living your life for the Lord is a sacrifice, but a sacrifice worth making. You can't please everybody all the time. You can't change another human being. I told you that I would, you know, finish up and tell you um, the rest of this story about waiting on the Lord. And, you know, how long is long enough? You know, wait. You just wait and wait and wait. For me personally, here's what happened in my life is that I waited. I waited through elementary school. I worked on me. I seek the Lord. Um, I did everything that I felt the Lord was wanting me to do, and I was focused on me. And I know that I became a better person through the entire process. And time went on and time went on, and I said, okay, I'm going to hold out till high school. The kids are done with high school. And if things haven't changed, then I'm going to need to make a decision. Because things were happening within me that were causing me to not be me. And I was fighting and struggling with that. And deception and lies and, you know, uh, when you're living in a world of deception and mistruths, 
it's very difficult to know your your footing and your foundation. So I believe, this is my belief, I believe that the Lord doesn't make things happen to you, but he allows things to happen. And I believe that um, me having a horse accident and shattering my right leg and right now sitting here, it happened in 2011, and uh, I was told I would have five years on this leg with the metal plate and 10 pins in it, I would have five years and then I'd have to go in and get an artificial knee. I'm a dancer, competitive dancer, and it's one of my biggest passions. It's something that I do that's fun. It's it's just so much a part of me. And I was very physical and athletic. Before that, I was a water skier and uh, did the slalom course. And I snow skied. And I would I would, I would get down that hill as quick and, and, and well as, you know, anybody could. Um, I just I always strive to make the best of every situation and do the most I could and be the best I could be in anything that I put my hand or my feet to. And, you know, riding a unicycle and riding a motorcycle and just doing all the outside things that you need your leg for. And then here I am, uh, not being able to put pressure on my leg for a very long time and watching the atrophy happen in my leg. And during this time, I had already in my mind said, my marriage, is, it's not going to be healed. I don't know why God is not, uh, you, know, you know, just shaking the situation up and making it happen. Um, but I just realized my kids were out of high school, in college, and here I am still trying to make it work, trying to make it work, trying to fix the situation. And in the meantime, a lot of things happening that I had no control over, but yet I was part of. So having healthy boundaries there was a decision inside my heart, even though I didn't want to, that said I needed to remove myself from this house. And so it still hurts. But then I take my horse out, who fractured my back a year before, and I went out into the arena and let him run around and get all of that spunk out of him. And I decided to get back on. Now, this day was a Saturday, and it was the day before Father's Day. And uh, I, I was doing live radio at that time. And that day, about three or four hours later, I knew I needed to be in the, in the studio where I'm sitting right now. And so I got on this horse called Pal, who was no pal of mine. And within seconds, he started bucking. And I decided I wasn't going to stay on him bucking. So I tried to dismount. And in my dismount, I felt, I thought at the time, I, my knee, which I already had an issue with my right knee, I felt like it, it just totally came apart. So I knew that in my dismount, I was not going to have any support with my right leg, but I decided to get off anyway. So as I went up or down or whatever, the horn of the saddle or whatnot came down or up or whatever, and I felt my knee dismantle, and I hit the ground. My, my phone, because of the bucking, flew you know, feet away from me. And I landed on the ground and the horse went flying away from me, luckily not bucking and kicking me in the face, which could have happened. It could have trampled me. A lot of things could have happened, but my angels were there protecting me from those things, I believe. Anyway, so I, I lay there. I don't feel any pain. I just know my, my knee is dislocated. And I don't know how much time I have left to tell the story, but I'm going to tell the story because I've never really told the story on the air before completely. Thank you. 
my five minutes, so that should be enough. <laughs> okay, so I'm laying on the ground. I don't feel pain. I just know that my leg can't work, and I know my phone is far away. So I start screaming and yelling, and there's nobody around. There's like five arenas in this area, and uh, there was two people with a ho- working a horse out in the far arena, but they could not hear my yells, and I felt like I was yelling so loud, but it, it, it wasn't yelling that loud, I guess. Anyway, um, I laid there for a while, a long while. And I still didn't feel any pain. I was in shock, didn't realize it. And there was a mailman that was up above on a a paved thing that was uh, Challenger Park. And he yells down, do you need some help? And I said, yes, call 911. And so he did. And here comes the fire truck. I don't know how many minutes went by. And I, I, um, I inched to my phone, grabbed my phone, called my daughter, and I said, honey, I said, I had a little accident. Um, can you just pre- get my stuff ready for the radio show? Because I'm just going to be a little delayed, but um, if you could get the radio stuff ready for me, then that would be fine. And she didn't ask me any questions. She just she just went ahead and did what she needed to do. And I said, could you call my neighbor to come get the horse? And so she did those things, not realizing the pain and, and what I was in, because I didn't even realize how bad it was. I thought they would just click my knee back in and I would go on my merry way. That's what I thought. Okay. Tough girl, right? Not really. But anyway, so with that all being said, I can take my glasses off now. Um, I don't know how much time went by. The firemen came. They brought the hook and ladder, which is the huge big truck trying to get through this chain link fence with an electric gate. I don't even know why they did this, but they did. And then they had the paramedics and everybody had to come into the arena, you know, vehicles and all to, to put this, the, the board out. The, and because my husband's fireman, I knew all about all of this. And I just told the fireman, I said, don't touch me. Don't touch me. Let me, t- let me get me where I need to go because I can feel me. And they said, do you want morphine? And I said, no, I want to know what's going on with my body. So, no, I don't want morphine. I didn't feel anything. They could see, but I couldn't see, and I couldn't feel. So, therefore, I said, let me just, let me just do this. So I put myself on the board, and I said, I just need my knee clicked back in, you know, it's, you know whatever. And so they transport me to the local hospital, which is not the, the insurance I have. So, anyway, so I'm sitting there, sitting there, and I keep telling the people, come on, just can somebody just click me back together again so I can go on my merry way. And in the meantime, my assistant, who had proposed to my daughter, comes to my aid um, with my, my things, and he's saying, you know, are you okay? And I said, yeah, I think I'm okay. I just need them to click me back together again. I'm probably not going to get all this straight because uh, things get a little foggy. But anyway, I was there all night, and I kept just getting frustrated. But as time went on, my daughter shows up, and she had no idea – how bad it was i still didn't know how bad it was so they decided to do an x-ray i told them that it wasn't necessary but they said you know let us do what we do and i said okay and so time went on and then all of a sudden i started feeling pain uh i started crying i started crying and i'm i'm not someone that cries i i mean i cry um but i cry at lassie but i mean i i'm just not a, a real crier but anyway so um, I started crying, and they said, would you like some pain medicine? I said, yeah, I think I do. And then my family was there, and my family – no, I said no, and my family said yes. And so my family, you know, talked them into giving me some morphine. And within seconds, I put my two fingers up, and I said, peace out. I mean, I felt the warmth go through my body, and I knew that I was going to be out in no time. So fast forward. Uh, I'm not going to go into explicit detail other than it was Father's Day. They needed two surgeons to go in my leg for six hours. And he said, I'm not sure if I'm going to be able to get you to walk. And I said, no, you don't understand. I do this. I do this. I'm a dancer. I'm, you know, I'm, I, 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 no, you don't understand. I'm not your normal 50-year-old. He goes, I can see that. Uh, surgery happens. Side note, nobody was there the morning that I was going in for surgery. And this is painful. 
but it was 7 a.m. in the morning on Father's Day, and there was nobody there to see me. And I'm really scared of anesthesia. You know, there are records of people dying from anesthesia. And so I always, you know, do my final will and everything before I go into surgery because I never know. And there was nobody there for me, and the nurse says, gosh, where's her family? And I, and I, I was already drugged, um, but I could just hear them saying, where's, their fam- where's her family? So it was very sad for me, uh, devastating. After that, um, I, my husband had to take care of me. He had to take care of me. We had to be in the house together, even though I had already mentally said I need to remove myself from this. God had a different plan. God had the plan that I was going to stay there and that my husband was going to have to take care of me, and he did. He was very much there to take care of me, to get me in the shower, get me out of the shower. But what happened was emotionally, spiritually, physically, I felt so alone in this house. I felt so alone. And I felt like it was God's way of making us be together to see if we could work through whatever it is we needed to work through. But through that time, it was weeks, months, uh, that isn't what happened. He was there, but he wasn't there completely because of pain, hurt, whatever. So therefore, that decision was made. Because of that, I felt a release to be able to move on. And so that's my story. Anyway, so I want you to be a blessing to someone each and every day. If you're being called to wait on the Lord, wait on the Lord. Wait on the Lord and be a blessing to someone each and every day. God bless you. It's that time of the year when bugs multiply like crazy and start looking for a home, your home. Ants, spiders, fleas, earwigs, termites, and a lot of other creepy crawly critters, even rats and other varmints. It's time to call E. coli Termite and Pest Control Services. They offer complete ecological pest control of rodents and insects. Ecola has one-time services, ongoing monthly services, their most popular and economical every-other-month service, and even quarterly service for occasional pest problems. Ecola keeps rats and mice out and eliminates insects in their nests. It's the most effective way, and their termite control is legendary. So call Ecola today for a free estimate of complete pest control at 877-332-BUGS. No more creepy-crawly critters like ants, spiders, fleas, earwigs, termites, rats, and other pests. Call them at 877-332-BUGS. 877-332-BUGS. E.C.O.L.A. Powerful pest control services as gentle as a butterfly. Ask about their two-year warranty. Call 877-332-BUGS. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. 
with in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com, salemnow.com.